Many of us reached a point in our childhood when we became embarrassed by our parents. We didn't want them to call out from the stands down to the field or up on the stage. We didn't want mom to kiss us on the cheek and say, oh, mommy's so proud of you in front of our friends. Come on, students, you should be going full on Pentecostal right now, <laughs> okay? We definitely didn't want PDAs. We don't want the social media posts. Oh, so proud, like it, it really makes us struggle. And so there a lot of what goes on in us when we hit that point in, in growing up is, mom, dad, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not a baby, don't treat me that way. Now sometimes in our quest for independence, we also uh, tried to paint our parents out as being somewhat clueless or incompetent. For me, that was the fact that my dad could not program the clock on the VCR. <laughs> really? My kids have had that with me. Dad, you can't import your contacts? No. <laughs> dad, you don't know how to deploy a GIF? No. <laughs> I knew that would come out. <laughs> in, two, in 2008, in 2008, American parents can't get no respect. And you see that all too clearly in the texting codes that teens and young people will send each other. CD9. CD9, code nine, parents nearby. PAW, parents are watching. P911, parent alert. PIR, parent in room. POS, parent over shoulder. Be careful what you send. Parent over shoulder. And then my favorite, KPC, keeping parents clueless. Boom. As one expert writes, youth today love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority, no respect for older people, and talk nonsense when they should work. Young people don't stand up any longer when adults enter the room. They contradict their parents, talk too much in company, guzzle their food, lay their legs at the table, and tyrannize their elders. So says Socrates in 410 BC. <laughs> Apparently, this is an ongoing problem. <laughs> Honor your father and mother. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward. But when we hear that, we typically make a couple of assumptions. And the first assumption that we make is, oh, this commandment is for kids. Hey, kids, gather around. Honor mom and dad. Obey mom and dad. Wait a minute. All 10 commandments that God gave Moses, that Moses brought down from the holy mountain were for adults. And so when it says, honor your father and mother, this commandment, this commandment is given to adults, not children. This commandment, by the way, is a bridge. We often say that Jesus' summary of the commandments is spot on. Love the Lord your God. 
love your neighbor as yourself. The first four commandments tell us how to love God. The, sec- the next set, the last six, tell us how to love our neighbor. And honoring your parents is the bridge between the two. Because to honor the true and living God is to honor your parents. And to honor your parents is to begin to love your neighbor. The second assumption that we make in this commandment is that we assume it's for the parents' benefit. No, no, no. Let me, you want to train wreck your life? You want to make a mess of all your relationships? Dishonor your parents. We know from psychology and family studies that it creates a host of issues. Young people like the word issues. We don't want to talk about sin, but we'll talk about issues. We'll talk about issues, okay? Here's, here's, here's what I want to tell you today. Honoring your parents is really about your future. It's about you. It, it benefits you more than it benefits them. And I want to unpack that for you today. In the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, we're, we're given the fifth commandment, all right? Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, I want to remind you that the context, the setting of Exodus 20 is patriarchal. It's agrarian. They didn't have to schedule family time. You know the way we have to schedule family time because all the time was family time. <laughs> All of it. 24-7, baby. Now, today, kids in, might see their parents once, once a day, maybe at a meal. Nope, not back then. So there are two parts to this. The first, honor. Honor. Chaved. It means weighty or heavy. Give your parents, the position that your parents have, the weight that it deserves. It's the same term used to describe the glory of God, the chaved of Yahweh, okay? Give weight to the position your parents have. That means respect. It means esteem. It means value. The opposite, of course, means disrespect, dishonor. And in this passage, it's honor your father and mother. In every other culture, they have a commandment like this, but it's basically honor and obey your father. The Jews, it's different. Honor your father and your mother. It isn't about what the parent deserves. Let me say that again. Do you see a conditional clause here? Honor your parents if they... Honor your parents only when, no, there's no conditional clause. It isn't about what your parents deserve. It's about your welfare. It's about your future. Greg Boyd makes a very important distinction between position and reality. Your parents have a position in your life. You didn't pop out of nowhere. They're the source your source originates in your parents. You come from them. And they also have a position early in your life of authority. In a sense, they're standing in for God. And so because of that, it has some weight to it. 
That's what we're called to honor, by the way, is the position that they have. There's the reality of your childhood and your parents. Some of us got great parents. Some of us got awful parents. And it is what it is, and you got what you got. And, and as Christians, we're commanded to speak the truth in love. We're commanded to walk in truth. And so uh, here's what this doesn't mean. It doesn't mean God is not asking you to pretend you got something you didn't when it says honor your parents. God is not asking you to pretend that something was good when it wasn't. God isn't asking you to be a liar on Mother's Day or Father's Day with the cards that you get, right? God is not asked, that's not what this commandment means, okay? It's good for us to honor our parents even when our experience with them has been bad because it opens the door. The first way that we can really do that for many of us who had bad experiences is to forgive them. And I'm gonna talk about that in a minute, but one of the best ways to honor your parents is to actually let go and release them of what you feel they owe you. This is huge, gang. In America, I can't tell you how many adults I meet. And mom and dad are a giant anchor into their life and soul. Well, the only reason I is because my dad never, right? And it, out it comes. And there's the tentacles and there's the anchor, okay? And we're gonna talk about that in a minute. But the second part of this command, Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life. This does not mean you're going to live to be 90 or 100 or 120. Yeah, I honored my parents. <laughs> it's not what it means. It's not what it means. It's a Hebrew expression. It's a Hebrew idiom. Live long in the land. It's like my favorite sci-fi series. Live long and prosper. It's talking about a quality of life. It's talking about the good life, a good life, an abundant life. In fact, it would best be translated, honor your father and mother, then you will have abundant life. You know, someone else was talking about abundant life. He's famous, I know it, right? So there's, there's this thing, the Bible makes it clear that uh, you wanna have a good life, you wanna have an abundant life? Start by honoring your parents. Now. I need to make some disqualifiers, right? So we know from all throughout the pages of this book that parents are supposed to do many things for their children. The first and chief among them is to show your kids what unconditional love looks like so that when your kids reach an age where they hear about a God who loves them unconditionally, they go, oh, ding, I know what that is. The other thing about uh, the parent-child thing that we know from scriptures is the Bible also makes it clear that when children submit to and obey their parents when they're little, they're learning what it's like to live under authority. And they learn to respect authority and in turn respect God because ultimately God's the boss of everything and everyone, right? Jesus, by the way, models this for us. Jesus, in Luke chapter 2, verse 51, it says uh, he had gone to the temple with his parents. Uh, they had gone back home and left with extended family. Jesus was left behind basically asking questions and debating with the temple rabbis, and they were all impressed. And Luke tells us that when his family got back and found him, it says he was obedient to them. 
I think I have this passage. There it is. When he returned, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Can you imagine an American kid getting like a shot at America's Got Talent and their parents find them and drag them back to obscurity? How many American kids would be like, sure, mom and dad, I will be obedient unto you. (laughs) This is my life, the stage, right? And his mother stored all these things in in her heart, okay? So Jesus models what it is to submit. He spent 30 years of his life in obscurity in Nazareth, a backwater town of the Roman Empire. The other thing we see in the life of Jesus who models what it is to honor your parents is when he was dying on the cross, when he saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, John, he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. In other words, as the oldest, he had a responsibility for the care of his parents. And hanging on the cross, what does he do? He sets up so that his mother is not going to want, his mother is not going to lack because her son died a criminal's death. And we know from church tradition that John took that to heart. John and Mary lived together in what is now modern-day Turkey. And John cared for her, fulfilling that promise. Again, honoring your parents is about your future. It benefits you more than it benefits them. And I'm going to unpack that right now. But I want to ask some questions, right? The first question is, in light of this commandment, in light of the commandment to honor our parents, is do you feel that your parents still owe you something? Do you feel your parents still owe you something? Do you see how maybe your relationship with your parents can affect the way you relate to everyone? Your spouse, your own kids, your friends? The last thing is, look around this room for a minute. Just look around. There are people like you. Some of them are Vikings fans. It's okay. (laughs) Some of them are Seahawks fans. Okay. Some of them are Gideons. It's okay. In this room, in this room is Generations Community Church, actually just part of it. A number of us are on the road right now, right? And we're part of God's family all over the world. In this room, no one is an orphan. In this room, no one is an orphan. In this room, everyone has a father and a mother. I wonder, do you see that? Do you see that? I try for any teaching in the Bible to be practical, so here it is. Honor your father and mother. If you're an adult, if you're a student, one of the best ways that you can honor your parents is to forgive them. Uh, If you had an experience or a set of experience where you feel you didn't get what you should have gotten or you got something awful that no kid should ever get, forgive them. And when, if you had unhonorable parents, I'm not asking you to sugarcoat it. I'm not asking you to say, well, it wasn't that bad. Like, I'm not asking the pretend thing, but I'm asking, would you be willing to forgive? Would you be willing to cancel the debt? Because as we talk about it, generations, forgiveness is making a decision that someone doesn't owe you anymore. 
You cancel the debt. And if, if this is new to you, I wanna refer you back to the teaching series, People Are Awesome Until They Suck. We have several messages in that series about forgiveness and what it is and isn't. And you may need to, uh, you know, maybe we should have coffee this week. But if in your speech you find yourself thinking or saying things like, you know, I'm worth more than that. You should have. You were never. Um, I deserve better than that. Then there's a good chance there's that giant tentacle and your parents still owe you. Even if they're dead, forgive them. Because again, this is about you and your future. It isn't about them. And I want to remind you that when it comes to forgiveness, you can release someone from a debt and still not trust them. Trust is always earned, okay? I got to make that qualifier. Trust is always earned. So one of the biggest things that we Americans can do is forgive our parents. I'm telling you, I did not have the brightest and happiest childhood. My mother lived seven blocks from me in the town that I live in. And part of the reason that's the case is because many years ago, I chose to forgive, okay? Secondly, if you're young, if you're a teenager, if you're a young adult, speak well of your parents to your friends. It's a cultural thing right now in America to just, and it's always, right? We know this from Socrates. <laughs> it's a thing to bash your parents. But it's amazing when you hit 30 how smart they'll become again. So now, now, speak well of them and actually talk, talk to them. Talk to them. They know what it is to love. They know what it is to lose. They know what it is to live. If you're, if you're a young adult, number three, ask their advice. Um, and again, if your parents are not in the category where you feel like, I can't ask my, my mom, my dad for advice, their life is a train wreck. In this room are people. And if you're over the age of 40 or 50 in this room, I wanna cue you in on something. Young people are hungry for a second set of parents. Young people in this nation are hungry for a second set of parents that will speak the truth in love, that will affirm what is good and true, that will be honest and open about their own shortcomings and failures in life. Young people are hungry for this. Lastly, know that the way, for those of you that still have kids at home, I want you to understand that the way that you honor your parents now is in many ways the way your children will honor you because they're watching, they're watching. Um, in 2004, Europe suffered a horrific heat wave. It was really, really bad. And in France alone, in 2004, in the summer of 2004, 15,000 elderly people died while their kids and grandkids were on summer holiday. It was so bad that the French legislature, the French parliament passed uh, Article 207, now part of the French Civil Code. Children. Adult children have a responsibility to care for their elderly parents. It's now part of French civil code, okay? Again, why is this important? If you get this right at home, if, if you get this right at home, it unlocks so many other things in your other relationships. If you don't get this right at home, 
you're gonna struggle in, in almost every other relationship of, of your life. Um, when my son was in high school, I would tell him all the time, John, the way that you talk to and treat your mother is the same way that you're gonna talk to and treat any girlfriend you have and any woman that you marry. If you can't treat your mother well, you're not ever gonna treat any other woman well. It's not gonna happen. Okay, so there is a profound connection in this. I'm gonna ask James to come up and we're gonna sing and, and have a time to reflect about maybe what, what do we need to change, what do we need to do today to honor our parents. For some of us, it's gonna be forgive. For some of us, it's gonna be changing some ways that we roll or talk. But I wanna close out um, the message today by telling a story, sharing a story from the Brothers Grimm, one of my favorite stories. Um, and this is not common for me, but I think when we get to the end of the story, you'll be like, oh. So the Brothers Grimm. Once there was a little old man of trembling hands and feeble eyes whose uncertain table habits had become increasingly offensive to the daughter-in-law with whom he lived. Until one day she objected vigorously to her husband, the old man's son. She and her husband took the fumbling old man to a corner of the kitchen and set him on a stool and gave him his food in an earthenware bowl. He had Parkinson's. Now he was no longer troubling them by his dribbled food, and now the tablecloth was no longer soiled by his trembling behavior. One day, in his trembling, he dropped the bowl and broke it. Well, now the daughter-in-law ceased even her moderate civility. You, if you're a pig, she said, you can eat from a trough. And they made him a little wooden trough, and he ate from it. The pride of their lives was their own four-year-old son, one evening, they noticed the boy playing with blocks of wood in a serious fashion, which children so often invest in their play. And when the father asked what he was doing, the boy said with an engaging smile, I'm making a trough so I can feed you and mama when I'm big. For a while, the man and the woman just looked at each other, not saying anything. And then they cried. And then they went to the corner and led the little old man back to the place at the table. They gave him a comfortable chair and put his food on a plate. And never again were they really deeply troubled by the food he spilled or the dishes that he broke. They had learned that in honoring a parent, they possessed their own future. Honoring your parents is about you and your future more than it is about them.